Welcome to the Small School Big Time Hoops Podcast with your host, Javon Masters. Small school basketball and the people involved are truly special, and it's been a great honor for me to get to talk to a lot of different people who are involved in making it great. Before we get into this episode, if you haven't had a chance, go check out the opening tip to find out what this pod is all about. After that, check out some of the great guests who have already joined the pod. I know you'll enjoy our conversations. I'm excited to bring you episode number 15 today. Our guest today is the head wounds basketball coach at Thomas More University in Crestview Hills, Kentucky, Jeff Hams. He has had an unbelievable run at Thomas More, holding a 229 and 21 record with two national championships. He takes me through those moments, the players, and the games that made this era so special. We also take a look back at his coaching journey that has had stops at every single level. He talks to me about what he has learned, the adversity he has faced along the way, and how he has continued to improve and grow. I personally really enjoyed this conversation and know you will as well. When we come back, you'll hear from the Head Wounds basketball coach at Thomas More University, Jeff Hams. I'm excited to get a chance to hear more about his story, and hopefully he will give us some secrets that we can steal. Without further ado, our guest today is head coach Jeff Hans. Coach, thank you for joining the pod. Thanks. I appreciate uh, you having me on today. Well, 229 and 21 in your nine years at Thomas More, um, two national championships, eight national tournaments. I'm excited to talk about your journey through all of that. I think, though, with kind of the state of our country right now in the midst of pandemic and all the social justice issues kind of going on, I think we have to talk about what life looks like now before we can go back or look forward. For you, kind of what has life looked like since the whole pandemic started as the head coach of Thomas More? Uh, life right now is a lot of honey-do list uh, accomplishments. Trying to knock down that list that my wife has been uh, yelling at me for about eight, <laughs> nine, ten, and eleven years doing. So uh, being able to spend time with the family uh, during the quarantine stuff and the beginning of it before we were able to get back into the office was really good because it's just it's time that this coaches we don't have and we're able to uh, kind of force to do it. Even though I mean we always want to, but there's you know there's always so much stuff to do with work and coaching, whether it's the players or recruiting or scouting, and so. Uh, you know, being able to spend time with them, but, but now uh, we're back in school. Uh, my, my two daughters are back in school, and, you know, we're trying to get to a, a new normal or something that what it used to be like, and, and you know, you just uh, you pray every day that everybody on your campus or in your community is healthy and, and um, you know, doing the right things to make sure that we can stay safe so that our kids can go back to school and stay in, in the classroom but also uh, for us as coaches, are we're able to coach and we're able to help our student-athletes be able to compete in, in a game that they love. Definitely, and it's a game that I know that you really care about and I know your student-athletes mean a lot to you. And to finally have them back on campus is something that you told me you were really excited about. You have a lot of new and fresh faces, so it's going to be maybe a different-looking uh, Thomas More team a little bit. And I know you're excited to get working with that group. What have you been able to see from them in the first little bit that you've been able to interact with them? I think the biggest thing is a lot of eagerness, um, you know, because our team last year got it taken away like so many other people did. I mean, and, and it's whether it's high school or or college or professional, you know, you just you come to a screeching halt when things happen. Um, when the pandemic really started after uh, the Utah Jazz got tested down there in Memphis, and that was that was the the night of the announcement uh, for us making the national tournament. 
and it just it came to a screeching halt. So we didn't have a whole lot of closure to last year, like so many other teams. And then you you really feel bad for the seniors. You feel bad for the high school seniors and, and spring sport athletes because they don't even, they didn't get to play. I mean, we were fortunate enough to play our season and and couldn't do the national tournament. So um, you know, it's kind of like an injury when that part of it. Now now we're back, and you see. You see them in the gym getting some extra shots up, and you know they're doing things like that that they that they haven't been able to do for months. And uh, you know, I, I think everybody's will be kind of refreshed uh, with with that part of it, and that's what we're excited about. It's definitely a time that I know no one wanted to be away, but it was probably a good time for people to refresh. Um, I want to go back to the start of your journey before we talk about this upcoming year at Thomas More. Um, Let's go all the way back. It's the late 90s. You're an undergraduate student at Wilmington College, and at the time, you are a collegiate golfer. Um, we talked about it the other day, but your junior year as an undergrad is kind of where you got the coaching bug. Um, can you take us back to your undergrad years at Wilmington and kind of explain to us how you got into coaching? Yeah, it's a unique story, I guess, in some ways, but uh, just Wilmington and Picked up golf and I mean in high school and stuff was playing golf and went out and played at Wilmington and uh, also helped uh, Brian Neal who used to be the head coach here at Thomas Moore and uh, a good friend of mine he was an assistant for the women's program at, at Wilmington and then also the sports information director so put him out a little bit with some statistics for games and with uh, football or basketball and uh, you know just stayed around at them but then uh, opportunity came. I don't remember how it got started, but I got in touch with uh, the head boys coach at Clint Massey High School, and they needed some help with their junior high program. So I was out, went out there my junior year at Wilmington and, and was an assistant and just developed a great relationship with Brian Mudd, who was the guy I was working with. And, and then uh, he was named the head varsity coach the next year, my senior year, and he asked if I'd go up and be an assistant for him, but also coach the freshman team. So you know, that's how it got started, just being around young people and wanting to help them out and watch them grow uh, was was where it all just kind of clicked. And it was like, yeah, I need I want to do this for the rest of my life. I, I, I love being around people and and helping them mentor and watching them mature. And, you know, it's just it translated from the high school at that time into college. You mentioned it um, after that first experience, you kind of got right into collegiate coaching. Um you mentioned to me at the time the woman's coach at Wilmington had wanted you to be a student assistant during your undergraduate times, but there was a re- unique reason why you couldn't. Can you take us through that reason? And then can you tell us what you learned during your two years at Wilmington as an assistant coach on the woman's side? Yeah, it, uh, I was dating a player, actually. And um, we both graduated and from Wilmington. And he had a part-time position come open. Coach Chevy had a part-time position come open that summer. And he was like, well, you know, since you guys, she's not playing for me anymore, I can finally ask you to, uh, to be an assistant for us. So I was going to do it before, but you guys were together. And, of course, that's not a good thing. So, but uh, it ended up being a good thing because that's, you know, Stacy and I have been married for almost 20 years now and two great daughters. So it, uh, it worked out. And, and Coach Chevy's a great, great coach, great friend that uh, taught me a lot and you know I thought I think the biggest thing he he helped me with was get started and he gave he gave me that opportunity uh to get into collegiate coaching and and uh I owe him a lot for that part of it because you know it's 
you, you need that opportunity or that chance. And, and he's the one that took a chance on me. And he obviously made a great decision hiring you. We know where your history is, but you're right. Someone has to give you that start. And after your start at Wilmington, um, you become a GA at NKU for a year, which will come back to pay dividends to, uh, for you down the road. But after that year at NKU, you go to Indiana State as an assistant coach for two years. What were those three years at the D2 and D1 level like? And what did you take away from those experiences? Um, they were interesting. I, I mean, you just, you've been around a small school the entire life. I mean, I grew up in a, a small town, Eaton, Ohio, and went to a small high school. And then go to Wilmington College, which is not very big, a uh, thousand students at the time. And now it's NKU, North Kentucky University, they were Division Two at that time. And and uh, I don't even remember, probably like 15,000 students. And, you know, in Indiana State, probably very similar, maybe a little bit bigger. Uh, but, uh, you know, you just you, you learn a lot about yourself and where you're at. And, um, you know, the you have a greater appreciation for being able to know everybody on campus. Uh, Cause I didn't know anybody on, on those campuses hardly. I mean, except we were in our little group um, just, just cause there's so many, but, you know, walking by people and, and seeing them and uh, you know, but from a basketball side, just taking away from different coaches, uh, their philosophies, their, how they re- uh, relate with players, interact with players and, you know, trying to learn how to, create relationships because uh, I think coach Winston was at North Tech University I and mean, she won two national championships there. And um, I wasn't there for either one of those. And, uh, but she, she had a unique relationship with each one of her players and it still lasts to this day. And I still talk to her as well. And, you know, I, I just think that's, that's what I took the most uh, from those three years of just trying to make sure that you included everybody and, and that everything, um, everybody felt a part of the program. This is where your story took a a swift turn. Um, The business side of the game kind of took over and you weren't brought back at Indiana state. Um, You mentioned to me at the time, your wife was also pregnant and you kind of used both of those things as a sign that you needed to get closer to home. Um, That led you to making kind of a change. You had gone from small school uh, collegiate assistant all the way up to the D one level. And after that being not brought back at Indiana state, you decided to take a couple head coaching jobs at the high school level. Um, you spent two years at Lexington Catholic and then two years at St. Henry. What was that transition like for you? And what do you think about when you think about the high school game? It was, you're exactly right. Uh, gave me an opportunity to get closer to family and, um, both of our parents, now, which grandparents are an hour and a half, two hours from from Cincinnati, North Kentucky, so it's easy for us to get back and see everybody or them to come see us. And that's an important part of what we want to do here at Thomas More and, I mean, even anywhere. And so that it, it kind of was a blessing, and it gave me a, a chance to take a, an opportunity to high school job at St. Henry to where build a program there and then go to Lexington Catholic and had great tradition of Lexington Catholic and uh, built on that as well. But the head coaching experience is something that you never, you never have until you sit in, the, in that seat. And, you know, everybody will say, says you move over 18 inches and you do um, when your name's on the, on the program and everything that revolves around the program, every decision that whether it's internally or out in the community, 
just it's, it's on your shoulders. And, you know, I think that helped help me prepare for where I'm at now because I was able to use those experiences of some decisions that were made and, you know, were not made, whether it was off the floor or in game. Um, and again, how to, how to build relationships, even though they may have been high school students, uh, you know, you're still in a classroom, maybe teaching them, but also coaching them and helping them maybe find a college to go play at if, they, if that's what they want to do or, or talking to them about uh, those student athletes about, uh, you know, their future. And what do they want to get into as a profession? What are they? What school? What college they even want to look at? You know, because they're going to ask you for some advice, and they're going to talk to you because you're around them a lot. The high school game coach is a little bit different, and what you're kind of alluding to, you really do spend a lot of time around them, whether you're teaching them, whether you're in practice. If you could go back and talk to yourself, and during your first time as a head coach and a high school coach. Um, what would you tell yourself to do differently? What do you think that you know now that you didn't know then? I think it's like everything, uh, maturity. I mean, you just, I was young, 20, 25 at the time, maybe 24 at the time, something like that. And, um, 26 and, you know, just, just young and, and thought you knew everything and had to be right on a lot of stuff. Um, and, and that's not the case. And so that's where, the biggest change to try to make is just make sure I listen to everybody's input, whether it's athletic director or, you know, just everybody's got some piece to it and um, printable at the schools and, and allow them to uh, help guide us. So we're making the right decision that's best for our students. You spent four years at the high school level um, as a head coach. And then I kind of mentioned it earlier um, you spent a year as a GA earlier in your career at NKU, and I said that was going to come into play later on. After those four years at the high school level, um, Nancy Winstow brought you back to NKU to join her staff as an assistant coach. What was it like for you to return to the college game after being a head coach, and what was different for you this time around uh, as a collegiate coach? Yeah, I talked about Coach Sheeby and, you know, somebody giving me an opportunity and you know, Coach Wentz will give me two opportunities, and it's um, one to be the GA and, and experience it then, but then also to come back and be assistant coach and work for for her at, at North Tech University. And they were still Division Two at that time before they made the jump to Division One. Um, it was it was great to return to college. Uh, just the the atmosphere, uh, the players, um, you know the the familiarity with the program, uh, with being around NKU and knowing some of the alumni and, and that had been there and while, while I was there before or even previously that created a little bit of a relationship with. But, uh, you know, it, it was tough to go back and be an assistant, but that's part of it. Uh, you know, again, I think it's one of those things you got to you, – you do what you have to do, um, and then if there's opportunities that come about, like – that happened here at Thomas Moore, then, then you, you cross that path when it time comes. And so we were able to um, do very well at NKU. Uh, and, you know, I, I learned a lot from coach and, and uh, owe her a lot of our accomplishments here at Thomas Moore and my personal accomplishments to a lot of gratitude for those things that have happened. And you mentioned it, you had to wait for the right opportunity to come. You, you had the head coaching bug and, you knew that it was something that you wanted to pursue again. And it was something that I didn't even know. I did not know that NKU and Thomas Moore were so close. 
And so it was kind of a perfect fit for you. After three years, you make the transition to Thomas More and the rest is history. Um, Usually when I break down someone's story, we talk about the first year because that's kind of a rebuilding year. And then we see some good years, some bad years, and a little bit of everything in between. And I mean, that's not really your story. Um, I suppose that you could say that in year one, you struggled. I mean, five losses, that's a pretty bad year, I suppose. Um, And you only made it to the round of 32. Um, But in all seriousness, Coach, how do you think you were able to be so successful in year one as a collegiate head coach? Everything that that had been done – all the experiences in the past really helped. And, and you have five losses in year one, Jay, was, was bad until this past year when we had 10. Um, but, no, it's – I mean, it's just the experiences, uh, working with the people that you work for, studying those, those coaches and other coaches across the country that, that, you, uh, that you can take so many different things from and trying to compile it into – creating your own and being your own person and being your own coach. Cause you don't want to be, you don't want to be, the, you can't be the same as somebody else. I mean, it, it can't be done. Um, and you, and I don't, I did not want that, uh, you know, and our players here at Thomas Moore didn't want that. Uh, you know, they want you to be your own, but they're the ones that make, make it special. They're the ones that made it an easy transition. Uh, before I got here, coach Neil was who I'd mentioned earlier was at Wilmington. Uh, when I was there as a student, was here as the head coach. And, I mean, I think they were coming off of a undefeated regular season, lost in a Sweet 16, and, and graduated some good people, but had a lot of good people back, players as well, back as well. So, you know, getting those guys to buy into what our staff wanted to do and some changes in what we wanted to do, um, you know, that was that was a tough thing. But once once they did it and we all got on the same page, and, you know, there were some things that I probably had to change. Um kind of meet in the middle type stuff. And that's once we did that, it was uh, one loss in the conference and uh, conference championship. And then, you know, we had some injuries too. I tell you, that didn't make things easy in the first year. Um, we had a couple of players go down with ACLs that were key contributors, one starter. And then uh, we got had another one get hurt in the first round of the NCAA tournament game here at, the, at our place. And so it, it was successful. Um, but it wasn't without adversity and, and learning a lot and, and again, growing. And all the lessons you've learned um, during that first year and throughout your journey at Thomas More, I'm sure, have played a role in all the success you've had. And I know we joke about five losses being bad and 10 this past year, but in all seriousness, you guys have had a ton of success and it has to be attributed to a few different things. So I'm excited to kind of hear the themes throughout the years and kind of see what is the key things that are constant throughout the time. Um, as we move on in year two, you push the winning um, total even higher. You have 27 wins. However, I think that we can agree that in year three, that was the first year that you probably really felt that you got close to challenging for the national championship. 31-1, and 18-0 in conference. I went and looked back, and you played exactly one game that finished in single digits, and that was the first one of the year. You run the table all the way to the lead eight where you run into Whitman. What do you remember about that season and that run and then that tough elite eight matchup? Well, and, and Jay, you mentioned something, you know, talking about the consistency of, of being successful. Um, if you ask my athletic director, Terry Connor, he's going to tell you it's him because he's <laughs> one of the tier four all eight years. Uh, 
you know, because he's one that, that sets everything in motion is what he'll tell you. But, uh, no, he's a good guy. And that's the people. That's why I say the, you know, the people that you work with, um, the players, those are the guys that help make everything easy. And, yeah, you know, we got the 27, uh, I think 27 and two that second year. And actually had a chance to, to beat a very good Calvin team in, in our classic that we host here every year and lost in overtime to them. And they were in the top five or something like that. So, and then had an early exit in the tournament uh, in the first round. And it was, it was, again, another good year. Just you keep building. You got, you know, you got good pieces. We had lost, we're going to lose a couple of good seniors, but we had some good people coming in. And, and uh, you know, you talk about the 31 in one year. Uh, that's when things just change for us. And, uh, you know, Sydney Moss transferred back to Thomas Moore from University of Florida. Uh, she was a Northern Kentucky player, uh, went to Boone County High School locally, knew a lot of our players uh, because the majority of our roster for the time I've been here in nine years is, is within a half hour to 45 minutes of campus. So they all know each other. They play against each other. They may play AU together. And, um, you know, Sydney coming back was just a difference maker and coach's dream. Uh, you just, those are the ones you want to have on a roster because she can do so many different things. Uh, she can play so many different positions. And, and uh, I mean, that Elite Eight game, you know, what it, remember most is unfortunately she went down with an ACL. And if, if she doesn't uh, do that, we may have won another national championship. Um, you know, hindsight's, 2020 and because Whitman was really good uh they had a player Heather Johns who was probably one of the best point guards in the in the country that year if not the best point guard in the country and so and we were out there in, in the state of Washington and um you know they, it was a good environment but I, I probably felt bad for Sid that that night because she had just tied the NCAA Division three single season scoring record and she was going in for a layup to break it and she got uh, fouled and, and just came down wrong and uh, that's when she hurt her knee, so she didn't have a chance. We were actually – another thing, Jay, is uh, Sid's back with us. Uh, Coach, It's actually Coach Moss now. So that's hard for me to see some time. Um, but, uh, you know, we were just joking about that a little bit today, of, of talking about that. And, you know, she's like, yeah, my knee just did hurt. I knew something was wrong. And I said, well, yeah, because remember I came out there and I said, hey, why don't you uh, make this free throw so you can break the record? And she goes, no, I'm not shooting a free throw. Give me off the floor. And so, you know, it uh, – you just feel bad for her and the opportunity that everybody worked for and, and uh, you know, but that's part of the game too, unfortunately. And so we were able to to bounce back from that and, and um, you know, learn, learn from that loss and and take that into the next year. I think this is a perfect time to talk about it. The other day we talked about um, coach Moss and kind of her playing days. And you told me, she transferred and it kind of changed stuff for you. And I was like, okay, a good player transfers. And I wasn't really familiar with her. I, I'd heard of her before. And I, I went and looked because I was like, okay, let's see what he's talking about. And I mean, I think one of the national championship games you guys were in, she had a triple-double. There's multiple games where she had oh, like almost 20 boards to go with her points. And for you, you obviously were the head coach at the time. When you found out that she wanted to be closer to home and that she was considering Thomas Moore, how how does that whole situation go about? And what are you thinking as a coach at that time? The whole situation was unique um, because, again, I'd, I'd known 
sit for a while, watch her, you know, knowing that we'd never get her here at Thomas Warren, knowing she was going to go division one. And, and, um, but you always just say hi and talk to her because she's a great young lady, uh, very personable. So, you know, we had kind of had a little bit of a relationship because they'd come play in our team camp over here at Thomas Moore. And so you could see him a little bit and talk to him on the side and, and uh, you know, in passing. And so when Hershey was leaving Florida, it was okay. You know, maybe we'd have a chance, but probably not to do division three. And then she sends us the release and it just was like, like I said, a coach's dream. I mean, I, I woke up, I woke up, I was dreaming is what I kind of thought in some ways. But, uh, you know, talked to her on the phone, got up to come visit. She was home in West Virginia, living with her grandma at the time. And, and um, it just, it went from there. I mean, it was, it was a late pickup. I mean, it was, school was probably a week out from starting. And cause she, had, she had options to go to Division One and, uh, and stay Division One, But she just, she was comfortable with Thomas Moore. She was comfortable in this area. She was comfortable with our players and, uh, and, she wanted to graduate in four years. And so she graduated from Thomas Moore in four years, did some summer school on her own to make sure that that was the situation. And then, uh, and now it's come full circle and she's back here as an assistant for us. And she's excited. I'm excited. And, and our players are, are happy to be able to learn from one of the best that ever played here at, at Thomas Moore and, 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 uh, you know, take all her knowledge. I think it's really special when um, players, especially of her magnitude, come kind of full circle and return to the coaching staff. I know it adds a, a very special element to kind of what you're doing at Thomas Moore. And I know it's something that you have to be really excited about. I want to continue moving through your story because I mentioned that you hadn't faced a lot of adversity um, in terms of wins and losses. And that's true, but your time at Thomas Moore hasn't exactly been without any adversity. 2014-15. Um, so the next year, was a year for you that was filled with tremendous triumph, but in the end also a little disappointment. Um, it was the first national championship at Thomas More, as well as your first national championship as a coach. We know that it was later vacated due to an eligibility issue, and this was something that you were really upfront about and admitted to me that it was a mistake that shouldn't happen. I wasn't aware of it, and I kind of asked you about it, and you attacked it head on. Um, I know that the memory of that national championship uh, will always be a little bit distorted with how the whole situation ended up playing out, but you can't really take away from what that senior group did and the girls on the team because they really did accomplish something really special. When you think back on that group, what comes to mind and what do you think about during that season? You know, when I think back about the 14-15 season, very emotional because – you know, if I ask some questions and don't do that, um, you know, don't don't uh, hesitate and try to interpret some rules on my own. Uh, we talk about something different. You know, we're not talking about it. And so, uh, you know, I'm proud of what they accomplished, and nobody will ever take that away from them uh, because I mean they did it on the floor and. You know they uh, they will always have that as in their memories and, and be the first team to win a national championship here at Thomas More. Um, you know I I'm I regret that that I didn't do my job and and ask questions to the people I needed to here at Thomas More, especially my AD and 
and make sure that everything was good so that I didn't let those guys down. And, uh, and that's what, that's what happened. But, you know, during that year, um, they played, they played hard. Uh, you know, it's, we're a small school. We're not, we don't have some of the resources that other teams have and, and us winning, winning the championship and doing those things was very unique. And, uh, you know, something that we take great pride in. Definitely. And it was not, um, I'm sure that season left kind of a sour taste in your mouth, but it wasn't for very long. That next season, 2015, 16, you guys wouldn't be denied 33 and 18 0 in conference first official national championship. Your second, technically two words immediately come to my mind, um, redemption and then domination. What was that season like and how validated was it after what had occurred the season before? That one had a lot of adversity in it too, because of, you know, knowing what was going on with the investigation and in the way and, uh, Sid had his, Sydney had to sit out a, a few games at the beginning of the year and the schedule was tough, uh, because I mean, we just, we knew we had to play a, a good, good non-conference schedule to make sure we were in the best position we could for the NCAA tournament, uh, to make, you know, be able to host, uh, cause you always want to host when in division three, when you're, when you're there, um, at that part of it. So it was, uh, it was fun. I mean, that group was, that, that team was fun to coach. Um, they, they played, they played together, you know, that's, and that's, Jay, that's one thing we've, we kind of pride ourselves on in a lot of ways is go back and look at, look at the program and, the assist the uh, NCAA statistical categories. We lead we lead the country in assist to turnover ratio for four or five years in a row. We lead we're there in scoring margin. We're there in field goal percentage. We're there in uh, turnover margin. Um, like Sydney, her first two years led the country in scoring margin or scoring points per game. And then and then her senior year, the 15, 16 season we're talking about, she finishes like second or third and doesn't care because she led a country in assist to turnover ratio. I mean, and that's just, that's how that team, the team, the teams have been so unselfish and that's, that's the culture that we want to have. And so uh, to finish that 15, 16 season in Indianapolis, uh, which is about an hour and 45 minutes here. And that was the year we did the combined national championships. So it was D2 played before us and then D3 and, and then the division three national championship was, and, and then the next day, um, Instead of Division One championship, so we were sandwiching between the semifinals and the finals, and have the fans up there in Indianapolis and, and the people that you know wouldn't be watching a Division Two or Division Three national championship. They're in the stands because of there for the convention. Uh, it was just it was a great experience for our, our players, um, the Thomas More community, to be able to have that. And and uh, I'm just fortunate, and we're fortunate enough that we were able to get there. And there's a lot of pressure, you know. You, do what we've done for the last, the previous years, and you know what's weighing at the end of the road uh, with that because that game's right there, and the semifinals were in, in Capital University, which is Columbus, which is two hours away, and then that game's two hours away, and and you want to make sure that you're that the last two one of the last two teams standing. So we were uh, we had some things that had happened, and and we handled it throughout the year, and and fortunate enough to come away with the national championship. When you think back on that national championship, um, just the experience you were talking about in terms of 
playing in Indianapolis between the D1 and the the Final Four for the D1 as well. How do you prepare your team for a moment like that? Because that's probably not something you've ever experienced, that amount of people. And so how do you have your team prepared and to kind of be ready to play in that environment and best showcase what you can do and not let the nerves maybe take over? Uh, well, we had a lot of time because our conference – our tournament had to be spaced out to match up with the division one national tournament. So division three, um, you got your first two weekends at campus sites, 16 sites. And then normally the next weekend, the next Friday, Saturday is our sectional finals, which is the equivalent of the sweet 16 elite eight. And then a final four would be played the third weekend with over three weekends. Well, because of how things are, uh, we did the final, we did a final or the first two week games like normal, the next weekend was the 316 Elite Eight sectional final round. And then the, the third weekend, which would be normal final four, was just the national semifinals. And then we had two weeks off before the uh, championship game. So we had a lot of practice time trying to prepare them and talk to them about playing at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, uh, you know, the people that were there. And, and, uh, but, and then I know they're talking about doing it again. And, it was it was great. I mean, you 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 feel well, there's a lot of love given. I mean, we have police escorts everywhere, uh, able to do stuff. You felt like it was big time, and and that's that's the experience that we want to try to give any as coaches. That's the experience we want to try to give our student athletes, right? I mean, that's what we're looking for. And uh, so the nerves really weren't part of it. I mean, I I would say we were probably nervous. Uh, I know Sid will tell you she didn't play her best game, but you know. Um, she made a couple of that comments and with people asking her about it since she's been back here the last week. And, uh, but that's, I don't know if you can prepare for playing in front of five or 6,000 people, whatever was there, not at this level. I mean, it's just, you don't see that very often. The number one, the gyms aren't big enough mm-hmm. uh, to play in front of those, that amount of people or, or on that stage. And, uh, but we had a veteran group. Uh, we had five really good seniors that, that, uh, had been been there, done that before, so our poise was really good, and, and we were able to uh, beat tough in the championship game. I think you kind of nailed it, Coach. Um, what we really do is, obviously, you want to win ball games, but it's the experiences you can leave your student athletes with um, when it's all said and done. That's what really matters. Um, obviously, we kind of talked about it after that 2015-16 season. That was the last year that um, Sydney Moss was on the team. But you were in a unique position where you um, didn't have that much of a drop-off in terms of star power. Can you kind of take us through what it was like to transition from Sydney Moss to Madison Temple and kind of how um, you were uh, able to get Madison Temple on campus? Madison was interesting. Again, a great, great young lady. Um, doing very well right now since she's graduated and, and you know Madison is one that if she doesn't tear both her ACLs in high school she's not a Thomas Moore and she went to high school in Anderson High School over in Cincinnati uh, she's probably playing division one somewhere uh, but the injuries just a lot of people backed off and didn't didn't recruit her because she tore one ACL at the end of her sophomore year in high school and then the other one at the end of her junior year and so we we got in there and and she just she wanted to uh, – the recruiting process was interesting with her. It really was because uh, she just wasn't sure if she wanted to play because 
she wasn't sure about the injury. She, she didn't know about a small school. Uh, just, you know, all the things that 18 year old female athletes have concerns about that was, that was Madison. Um, but we talked to her, talked to her into giving us a try. If she didn't like it, then, then she could at least say she tried it at Thomas Moore and maybe she went somewhere else to play or just went somewhere for school. And she got here and stepped on, on campus and, and, uh, you know, it was a starter from day one. And we had a lot of pieces back from that 14, 15 season, um, that Madison beat out some people for 15, 16 as a freshman. And, uh, you know, then again, that's part of the team. Nobody, nobody says anything, but, the whole transition with Sydney and I kind of went off topic there a little bit with that. So I, pro- I apologize. Uh, the, the whole transition was um, easy because everybody else, I mean, we had Abby Owens, we had Nikki Kiernan. We had a lot of good players that w- weren't real selfish about it. And just everybody wanted to fit it. That's they, they want to be successful. I mean, practices here are competitive just like everywhere, everywhere else, but it's just, I mean, they hate losing in practice. They hate losing sprints. They hate losing um, in four and four shell, you know. So that competition just helped us breed some success and uh, but also camaraderie so that they they would get along with each other. I think um, you're in a unique position as a coach. You mentioned it after that 15-16 season. um, Madison Temple, she was going to be a sophomore and – you guys go twenty-eight and one, and then the next year you go thirty and two. So two more great years, a lot of wins, a lot of memories made. But you di- you weren't able to win a national championship in those two years. When you have a program like Thomas More, where you you won back-to-back national championships, and that's kind of the norm. How do you celebrate and kind of live with the success of that year instead of just not looking at the whole year as kind of a failure for not winning a national championship. Of course, we know it's not a failure if you don't win a national championship. Only a few teams, uh, only a few teams ever get to do it, and only one team per year. But how do you kind of keep it in perspective? You just you preach to them and you talk to them. It's it, it's so hard, and that's why when you do when you are able to, to win win one, it's special. I mean, there's you got to be talented. Uh, you have to be very good in a lot of different areas. And you have to be really lucky. I mean, and that's there's injuries that have to play a part in being lucky. Uh, just like a lot of things, the tournament draw and the matchups have to be really lucky uh, to get you know maybe some teams on on certain certain situations. And you know, so I I don't think our players ever felt like it was a failure. Um, you know, or anything. That, I mean, we got back to another Final Four in the seventeen eighteen season, and I was. You know, Abby, Abby, Nikki, and in that class, um, they were the only two seniors I think that year. They, uh, I mean, they won championship fourteen, fifteen as freshmen again as a sophomore, and got to a final four again as seniors. And you know, there's you talk to them about look at how many teams, how many programs are able to do this year in year out, and you're you're in the top eight. In, in every year you've been here, you, you know, you've had this success. And, and the biggest thing too, is you're walking out of Thomas Moore with a degree in four years, you know, and you're going to have a job, you're going to go find a job and get a job. And we're going to help you do that part of it. Um, while you were able to be that successful on the basketball floor, be all Americans or be all region and or all conference. 
and uh, you know, you just you talk to them, and and they understand. I mean, they're smart. They got social media. They, you know, they their kids nowadays are way smarter than what than what I was when I was a kid. <laughs> I know that. Uh, so that that part of it, they just they they took it very well, and they they knew, and so that's the type of players they are. That's the type of people they are. More importantly. Well, you're exactly right, Coach. Um, after what smarter now than what uh, than what it w- was then? What was that? <laughs> so I'm right about what that they they're smarter now because of social media and everything than, than what it was when I was growing up and no social media. I think they're definitely more well informed uh, and more opinionated. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I, and and that's good, and that is good as well. There's nothing wrong with that. No, definitely, I agree with you. Um, social media is something that. I'm interested to see kind of the impacts in the long term because kind of my generation and the generation you're speaking of is the first that really has had it since like we were really young. So I'm interested to see um, how it kind of goes, but I think you're, you're right on for sure on that. Um, We talked about it after that 2017, 18 season. So we're going 2018, 19 Madison temple and her, her classes senior year. You guys wouldn't be denied. 33 is kind of your lucky number, 33-0 and 0 again. Um, two single-digit games. So that's one stat that keeps blowing my mind. Like, yeah, a lot of teams um, can win a lot of games, but you guys weren't even playing close games. Like, most of your games were blowouts. What made that group so special, and how rewarding was it to be back on top of Division Three basketball? Man, 18-19, that, that was a blur. Um the, that that year was our last year of NCAA Division three. Uh, we were an independent, getting ready to make the transition to NAI, and uh, you know, I totally forgot about two games in single digits, and one of them, one of them was uh, down at UT Dallas, where we we had to have a miracle comeback to win, um, win down there by three, and then I think the only other single digit was probably trying here in the NCAA tournament. And that was the second round matchup where we were number one in the country and they were number five. Uh, so that's what I'm talking about before about the luck of, of the draw. And, you know, you don't want to play somebody that good that early, but uh, that's just how strong this region is for basketball. It, 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 uh, it's the way division three, uh, that team especially a lot of it. I mean, there was a lot of just like the 15, 16. And I mean, just like a lot of teams, but you have a special player that's, that's, um, one of your hardest workers, one of one of those people that that's a great leader, and you know people want to follow. Um, and you have four seniors, including Madison, that just did not want to lose. They wanted to, they wanted to have that book in their careers with with national championships. Um, and then again, while both of, while all four of them graduated on time from Thomas More, and uh, you know that season too, Jay is real tough because we had to travel. I mean, we can play 25 games in a regular season, and and uh, uh, 18 of our 25 were on the road. And we played, um, I think it was it was something like 22 games in in 60 days, from middle of November to the first week of January before classes started back up for the spring semester. Uh, because of being an independent, we just we had to go get games when when we could get them and. You know, as you well aware of, the con- conference season starts in January, so nobody's going to take a an open date and, and play a non-conference game. Mm-hmm. There are not many people released, and and not many will, 
will do uh, play Thomas Moore in that situation. And so, you know, we were, uh, we're fortunate that some schools, the three schools did, and we were fortunate that uh, a couple of those games were at home. But, um, you know, so the, the travel piece, because we were all over. I mean, we were in Miami. We were in Texas. We were in the state. Of, we were back out of women for their classic, for their tournament. Uh, we were in Chicago two different times. Uh, we were in, up at Hope, up in Michigan. I mean, we were we were traveling all over the place, and and uh, to do that and and finish it through the NCAA tournament, but also just a regular season and go undefeated, said a lot about the character and of of our our program. So what I'm hearing from you about that year is you just kind of use it as a big vacation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Miami, yeah. Michigan, Texas. You just went to all the best places to hang out. Well, but Michigan in December is not like Michigan in July. That's true, but some of your players, maybe they hadn't seen snow in a while, had to make <laughs> the trip. Yeah. yeah. Dallas was good. We were down in Dallas playing UT Dallas and Mary Harden Baylor. That was a good, that was a good place to go in January. <laughs> uh, able to walk around in shorts. Um, so, but yeah, my Miami was good and, you know, Walla Walla up where Whitman's at, uh, it's kind of no snow. <laughs> I mean, a lot of vineyards, but you know, just again, it's about the experience. If we were able to, able to give them experience of traveling and walking around Chicago and doing some things like that. Um, but, you know, as a team with some of their best friends, uh, where maybe they'll go back with, uh, their families when they're older, you know, they could say, yeah, I was, I was back here in 2018 with, uh, with my, one of my teammates and this, we saw the bean in Chicago and we hung out and here's some pictures we had of it. You know, that's for that special. And, uh, but yeah, we were, we racked up in frequent, fire miles and some hotel points and it was good before we talk about this past year i kind of want to talk about just that run of success and national championships that you had obviously we've talked a lot about sydney moss and madison temple who were two players that when you look in the d3 record books their names are there but obviously to have the kind of success that you had you have to have a lot of great other pieces around them um these are girls who were probably the best player on any team they've ever been on until they came to Thomas Moore. How were you able to just build such a culture where you kind of mentioned it, that Madison started as a freshman over people who were returning and they didn't say boo about it. They kind of just kept going about their business. And obviously they knew that the success was going to come. How did you kind of build that culture? It comes from them. You know, it comes from, you know, kind of like what I said about Sid, when you can lead the country in scoring, and you know you can go out there and score 40 a game if you wanted to. Um, I mean, she scored 63 one night. And, uh, you know, you, you know you can do that, but you also know as a player that I need teammates to be able to help me as an individual, you know, to help us, the team, be successful in the biggest stages and show them that trust uh, that – Hey, I'm only, I know I can go score this one, but I'm going to kick it out to you for a wide open three. I'm going to drive and dish to you for a layup and they trust you. Uh, that's, that's when it all comes together. That's, that's where it started. You know, I mean, uh, I mentioned Abby Owings. Abby was just named the all decade team, just along with Sydney and, and Madison, uh, you know, and then Nikki Karen was a thousand point scorer, almost 1500 points for us in her career here. And I mean, there's just, there's just so many pieces that go into it. Uh, I mean, like the first championship, the 
Sidney Wainscott and Steph Cruzling, the two seniors that, that, um, you know, sacrifice a lot with maybe some playing time, but some points. And so that they can run the offense or, you know, had more assists that that's, they didn't care. And, uh, but it starts from the top with, 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 if you're better, best players, as a lot of coaches say, will are accountable and hold themselves accountable. Uh, then they can hold others accountable. Uh, I think Dane Lillard just had a great quote about that. I saw and, uh, and be coachable. Then everybody else is going to follow. And that's exactly what has happened. And that's what's going to hopefully continue to happen here at Thomas Moore. And, and we'll try to continue to be successful uh, if we can. And it's hard. It's really hard. Cause you'll, you always hear about the target on the back and, and, we know that at our level, we know that that's there and that's okay. Uh, you, you welcome it and, and you do what you can to make sure that you're in the best position to be successful. Right. And this past year was a big transition year for your program. You went from D3 to NAIA um, 22 and 10 this year. Uh, after the season, were you worried that the AD wasn't going to bring you back? That um, wasn't even after the season. Uh, we went out and played Cumberland's um, in our first Mid-South Conference game uh, beginning of December, and we lost, and I thought that I was getting fired on the spot because he was actually there at the game. Uh, you know, so, no, but that's what he told me. You don't lose in a regular season or else you're on the hot seat. So, uh, but, no, it, you, you have the, the on-the-court success, and – you know, you lose, you graduate the people that we have graduated. Uh, there's there's going to be some time where there's a – realistically, there's not a down year. 22 and 10 is not a down year. I mean, it's – we were – we had a, a one stretch where we one of our freshmen was out with a concussion, so that was a couple losses. And then we're in a really good conference, um, you know, and playing in the Mid-South with Campbellsville, Shawnee State, Lindsey Wilson that all made the national tournament. Pikeville, uh, and then we went out and played people in a non-conference. I mean, we're, we were the new kids on the block. We had to figure out how to make the national tournament if we didn't win a conference tournament, and in which we didn't win a conference tournament. And so we I, we scheduled. We went out to Arizona for three games, played uh, three teams from the Frontier Conference, um, all ranked, all really good, and uh, we were very fortunate to come out of there two and one. We went down to Wayland Baptist, who was top five team in the country. Um, they kicked our butts, but it, it allowed, it gave our guys experience on, okay, this is what this level is like. I mean, we've, we've had the experience at the top of, at, in NCAA division three, and we've been there. This is what we're, this is now what we're going to try to accomplish now going forward. And so uh, learning curve, you know, again, we were young. We started two seniors, a junior and two freshmen. And our freshman, Zoe Barth, was freshman year in conference, second team all conference, and Courtney Hurst was second team all conference. So, you know, going forward, we're we're excited for where the future is. We just we had to we have to try to catch up to what everybody else has. You're right, coach. Twenty two and ten is not a down year. You mentioned it, national tourney qualifiers in your first year. Um, as someone who obviously has coached at and seen the best of the best in D3, you've been at the D2 level, you've been at the D1 level, and now you're a head coach at the NAIA level. 
what is the biggest difference? Because um, I feel like the NAI is something that a lot of people are a little bit unfamiliar with. What What was the biggest difference that you saw or growing things that you had to learn this past year going from D3 to NAIA? It, uh, it's for us, it was like playing in the national tournament every game. Uh, just just with the, the biggest difference is on the court, the size, the length that the NAI, a lot of NAI players have. And there, there's some teams like, I mean, my goodness, Amherst, when we played those guys a couple of years in a row there, uh, G, GP uh, has, I mean, he had a five, nine point guard and everybody else was six foot, six one, you know, and, and that's what you see sometimes in NAI or at least the post players, maybe six, two, six, three compared to five, five, 11, six foot. And they can still do the same thing. They can step out and shoot it. They can attack. Uh, all, and also, by the way, they're going to, they're going to, drop step you and, and take you to the rim if they get you in on the blocks with their back to the basket. So, you know, that size and length was a, one of the biggest adjustments I think we had to try to overcome because uh, we weren't as big as what we had been in the past. And so there were some things that we, we tried to do de- differently as we went along throughout the year and, and uh, we just got better. I mean, our, the more experience we, we gained every game, uh, the more confident we, we were becoming and playing well at the end. And it's, it's high level. Uh, that's yeah people i think like you said do sleep on a, a little bit uh but it is it, it's good basketball if you have a chance to watch it you know across the country i mean there's some there's some really good teams really good teams well coach i have no doubt that um you're gonna achieve a lot of success at the nai level now um 22 wins in your first year national tournaments that's something that people really strive for and it's not easy to do and it's not something to kind of belittle. Um, I know we joked that 10 losses was a down year for you, but it really wasn't. Uh, before we talk about kind of how you expect your program to grow going into this next year, now that you've had a year of the NAIA under your belt, I want to hit you with some rapid fire questions. I know we talked um, a little bit offline and this was the part you're most nervous about. You said you had a lot of, a lot of different answers that you thought about maybe giving, um, but here's your test. Are you ready? Yeah, let's see if I can uh, ace it like like we ask our players to do. Right, let's see let's see what we can do. All right, who's the best player you have ever coached against? I'm answering a question with a question. Division three or NAI? Give me one of each. <laughs> uh, rapid fire: Michaela North, Alexandria Leslie, Heather Johns. Division three players. Okay. Uh, and I'm uh, saying fast, so it sounds like I'm saying one person. <laughs> Uh, Bailey Cummins, Madison Faulkner, Morgan Bennett, NAI. All right. I'll, I'll let that work. I'll let that work. Um, <laughs> who's the toughest coach you have ever faced? And if you want to give me uh, one of each, you can. Um, if, if you have to give me two, I guess I'll let it happen. Coaches. And see, this is where you put me on the spot because we played a lot of good ones. I mean, man. Um, NAI uh, – just with what they, I'll go NAI first on this one because of what they run and how they run it and how they do it and the system that they have. Coach Colvin down at Campbellsville does a really good job um, because they run the buzz on us and I mean they just they they stick to it. So uh, that that's the toughest one. That was the toughest one for us to prepare for. Uh, Shawnee State did beat us three times this year and they're really good. So I'm one and a half answers on that one. Okay? <laughs> that's one and a half. Um, Division three, they're all 
you're talking, we've played in national championships. We've played in national semifinals. We've played in, in sectional semifinals. I mean, we've had some of the best. Uh, uh, GP Gramacchia at Amherst was really tough to go against with what they did. He was, he was always prepared. He was one, he was, he's a good one. That, that, that is some good coaches that you've named and you are in a unique spot. You, you play in the national tournament every year and you, You've got to face a lot of different great coaches. So to play and, and players, I mean, yep. limited to one um, because it's just people don't understand how good NCAA Division Three basketball is either. I mean, they just you know because everybody thinks Division One or bust, right? Yep. That's that's what's happening on social media now, and you're seeing some people put up pictures of arenas and different things, and it's just not. I mean, it, people got to find a fit. You know, coaches find a fit to where they want to work. Um, high school players, when they're getting recruited, you know, find a fit. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. And what's the matter? Uh, it's, you know, if you go, if you go NCAA Division Two, you probably have a chance. You probably could have went low Division One, but you may play more and uh, you may be more successful. All right, you can back to the test now. I had to take a little break. Had my brain was fried. No, you're all good. I think you're 100% right. Um, who's someone in the coaching industry you really admire? That's a tough one, too, because there's been so many people uh, currently coaching or that I've worked for. And again, I'm answering, I'm asking questions. I'm answering your question with questions, so I'm sorry. No, I like it. Uh, let's go one who's currently coaching and then one you've coached for. Um, I tell you, I love watching what Oregon does and, and Coach Graves out there. That's a really good one. Uh, I, I love what they do offensively. We're, I mean, we're offensive minded more than than defense, and they, they can guard some people too. I know that. Uh, working for, um, like I mentioned both of them earlier, Coach Sheeva gave me the chance, but Coach Winslow for a lot of stuff that that she was able to help teach me to be in this position and, and to to um, lead lead young ladies and young women to. Um, achieve their dreams. I like it, coach. Um, this last one, I'm going to give you kind of a break on it, it. It'd be completely unfair. And so take your time and give me a couple, but yeah. what's your best basketball memory? Well, I'm just going to lump it into one. Uh, Cause it's not just one time it happens. It's, it's happened quite a few times here. Uh, just the dog piles. You know, when, when you see the players at the end of games, be able to run out and, and dogpile because of a big win, um, whether it's in the sectional finals to get to the final four or, you know, the semifinals or the championships to do confetti angels after the national championship games that we've been able to do. Uh, those are good ones. But, but coach, I'm going to be honest with you. Just, I know it's basketball and you're talking about on the course stuff, but all the players that we've been able to coach here and, and see and the relationships, but, watch them graduate and then be able to, to have them back as alumni to two games and listen to their stories and, and how they have uh, created relationships with their best friends while they were playing here. That is special coach. And when you're talking about the dog piles, I kind of want to go back to that. Um, what's your go-to um, national championship win celebration? Are you a fist pump? Are you a run around? Are you a hug another coach? What, what's your go-to? Uh, I'll let them run out. That's a lot of work. Um, they're a lot younger than I am. So turn around hug the coaches, you know, 
uh, find uh, find Terry R A D. You know, give him a big old high five, <laughs> and then uh, find my family. That's awesome, Coach. That is that is truly special. Um, what I want to leave our listeners with is, it kind of almost feels laughable for me to ask, considering we just went through the run of national championships you've played in, um, all the experiences that your players have had. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about it and give you the opportunity to talk to maybe prospective athletes, people who are considering um, Thomas Moore, or just simply the casual basketball fan. But besides the opportunity to compete for national championships and do all that kind of stuff, what makes Thomas Moore a special place? Uh, we thought, I've talked a lot about it, and you've asked a lot of questions about it. Um, I mean, you made some comments about it too, Coach. It's, it's the people. It's it's the uh, it's the Northern Kentucky community, the Thomas More community. Uh, they love basketball. Uh, you know, it's there's very few places where you walk into a building, into a, the arena or the gym, and you see a bunch of women's basketball posters hanging up, or you see three trophies in a trophy case that are only women's basketball. You know, you don't you don't see that everywhere uh, from a athletic side of it. You know, from a Overall, it's just the professors on campus, um, our administration. They they take care of you uh, the best they can, you know, because they know they they want their students, especially and student athletes, to have a, a great experience here at Thomas More and, and be proud of of their degree from Thomas More. And again, like I've said before, of while we're helping them walk across that stage, but also find a job because that's when our job. Our job is never over with them, to be honest with you, because um, we always wanted to have that relationship with our alumni. But, you know, we want to make sure that they get a job um, here at Thomas More so that they can be out on their own and, and uh, you know, support themselves. But that way they can come back and and just seeing everybody. So it it's an easy one for me. It's the people, you know, in, in every different facet of, of higher education that we have here at Thomas More. Coach, I really appreciate you taking some time, um, answering all my tough questions. Um, it's been great to get to know you a little bit more, and I'm excited to see your continued transition to the NAI level. And I'm sure we're going to cross paths real soon, hopefully competing. And I hope uh, you take it a little easy on us, at least the first time around. So, But I look forward to kind of getting to know you better and following your journey. So thank you. It was great. It's great to get to know you. And because there's just so many great people in the game. You know, and you don't have time to connect with all of them. And I'm fortunate that you reached out to me and appreciative that you reached out to me so that we could we could spend a little bit of time the other night talking and talk today through this, but, you know, and even more uh, going forward. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the head women's basketball coach at Thomas More University, Jeff Hams. Once again, I want to thank Jeff for joining the pod. I'm excited to see what he does this season at Thomas More. If you made it all the way to the end of the pod, I want to say thank you to you as well. If you enjoyed the Small School Big Time Hoops podcast, please subscribe, do a five-star review, and keep tuning in. If you know someone who loves the game of basketball like you do, help them out and share the pod with them. We have a lot more great guests joining the podcast soon. This is Javon Masters with the Small School Big Time Hoops podcast, and until next time, stay safe, stay positive, and keep growing the game.